Welcome to the official Jets podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen and Leger Doosable in the studio. Leger, we taped Tuesday mornings. It's been rather frantic today. It has, man. But, you know, sometimes you have hit a little adversity. You, you got to bypass that and, and keep it moving. Oh, man. You're setting me up with the transition. <laughs> the Jets have hit adversity here at the end of September. Yeah. Offensively, so far, six point uh, 20 points over three games so that's under a touchdown a ball game yeah tough one in denver where do they go from here well it really is going to come down to the leadership in this locker room right because you know everybody in the media is telling you you suck there's might be even friends and family members telling you you guys that you're not any good so it's really going to be up to that the people in the locker room the coaches in the building to really galvanize this team uh Coach once told me, you know, you, you you build your own luck. You get your own luck. Like, nobody's going to have a super pill or, you know, a, a super lucky, like, rainbow thing that's going to automatically give you luck. Like, you have to go make your own luck. So, um, I think something that's been lost, you know, on offense is the defenses that this offense has faced in the first three games. Mm. And that's no excuse, right, uh, because everybody's good in the NFL. But I don't think any offenses faced the three defenses the Jets' offenses had to face the first three weeks of the season when you talk about the Panthers being probably the top defense in football right now. And then, you know, Denver last week, uh, one of the top 10 defense. And I think New England's also in the top 10 defense. And we know what Bill Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks. So granted, this is the NFL. You have to fight through that. And you got to be able to make plays no matter who you're playing. And it's, you know, it's been sometimes a lack of execution. Sometimes, you know, Playmakers not making plays for the rookie quarterbacks, and, and then sometimes the rookie quarterback just processing slow. But it's something; these are all correctable things, right? Like catching the ball is correctable. Like you processing and reading through defense is correctable. You're a young quarterback; that's going to happen. You're going to make plays. Um, I feel like on the offensive side of the ball, we can do a little bit more to help Zach Wilson as far as just the creativity things and, and using his mobility because he seems to be really comfortable when he's on the edge running with the football, being able to look down the field and make throws. So maybe some more bootlegs, maybe some more sprint outs, maybe even run them, you know, once to two times a game just to keep the defense honest because he seems like he's more comfortable when he's on the move. All right, so many places we could go to. When somebody says, hey, scheme people open. Yeah. Can you touch upon that and touch upon that in a way where you're connecting it to this specific offense? So perfect example, week one, Right before the two-minute warning in Carolina, Zach Wilson and the offense are in the red zone. They run three receivers to the field, and they have Jeff Smith push up, Braxton Berrios push out, and then Tyler Croft come on an underneath route. Now, what you do by doing that is you put defenders on different levels, right? They're called rub routes, rub concepts. And Zach Wilson missed Tyler Croft, ended up taking that sack on that Tom game that it seems like the offensive line is fixed now in that protection. Mm-hmm. We knew – that it was going to take time for this offensive line to gel, but they fixed that. So that's how you scheme people up, but also bunch sets, right? Putting people in bunch sets to get defenders on different levels. That's how you can scheme guys open. Like, put guys in bunch set, run the first guy up. That way, the guy that's on the point on the, on the line of scrimmage, he gets knocked off if he's supposed to take the guy that's coming underneath. That's how you scheme things open. So that's something that I think the offense should maybe look at going forward. And then also, it seems like when – when Zach Wilson, his offense goes a little more hurry-up, up-tempo, he seems like he's a little bit more comfortable in that. So doing some some things like that, up-tempo, scheming them up and doing some more bunch scheme things, doing some more combination routes where you get defenders on different levels, 
that's how you can really help this offense. And then also running the ball, I feel like we regressed. The Jets regressed this past week and rushing the football. Only 13 attempts yeah. versus the Denver Broncos. The week before, every running back averaged over four yards a carry. So they got to get back to running the football. 15 sacks, <laughs> and a lot of people would say, oh, that means you have a porous offensive line, whereas you're looking at the film over the last couple games. Yeah. Jets rush it for 150-plus against the Patriots, and a couple of those sacks come real late. But you actually have a great stat as far as the percentage of those 15 sacks yeah. where the rookie quarterback actually had more than a few seconds it, to throw the football. Exactly. So it's a combination of the two. The week one, you know, the offensive line knew they had to step up, and I feel like they really did that in week two. They gave up some sacks late, mm. but the stat that EA is talking about, and I, and I looked it up, there was a next-gen stat that there has been 91 sacks that happened four and a half seconds or later after the ball was snapped. Zach Wilson leads the NFL with eight of those. So you got to think about that. Eight of the 15 sacks happened four and a half seconds after the ball was snapped, which means the offensive line is giving you adequate times. And that's what I mean when I say sometimes he's processing the game slow. Um, a little bit could be because of the interceptions. You know, you get throw four interceptions in one game. You know, you, you want to make sure a guy's open before you, you throw it open. But one of the things that really excited me about, about Zach Wilson coming out was, was that he was able to, to throw people open and throw – the ball when receivers were coming out of breaks before they had their hair turned around. So he just has to remember and get back to that confidence of, I have a strong arm. I have the trust that my receivers are going to run the right route. And when I let the ball go, they're going to be in the right place to make the play. Because in this in the NFL, you have to realize, like, being open is this bit, like this much space. Yeah, like, pe people not, hate, <laughs> listen, people hate that word trust. But, yeah. it, but it, it is. It really re comes down to that. It is really big, isn't yeah. it? Because we, you talked about the games and the, and the stunts that the defensive line were running early in the season. The offensive linemen talking about trust. Yeah. So you have to trust the guy next, next to you. To you with, sure. the, with the quarterback, you have to trust that the guy is going to run the right depth on the route, yep. and he is going to be in the right place. A hundred percent. And this offense is predicated off that. If you look at what Jimmy Garoppolo has done the, the last few years in San Francisco, it's all about timing and getting the ball out of your hand, knowing where to go with the football. Like, you cannot hold the ball in this offense. So, like, there has to be trust from the quarterback to the receiver and the receiver to the quarterback. And it comes to, with work and gelling together and knowing in certain concepts and certain defense, all right, if I'm the receiver, this is where I'm cutting this right off. Or the quarterback, this is how I want you to run this route versus this look. It comes to working together and trusting each other. And I know a lot of people don't like that word, but that's literally what it comes down to because a lot of times in this league, you have to throw the ball before the receiver turns his head. Yeah. And if you're late with it, it's going to be an interception. And he's been victimized by some drops. Corey Davis, yeah. I think, if you go back and look at his numbers from Tennessee last year, he like four drops the entire season. I think only four, and he, and he has five, I believe, this year already. And, so, and, this, yeah. and the second interception yeah. against the Broncos, uh, Braxton Berrios would tell you that he'd like to have that one back. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, um, I think you mean versus the Patriots, uh, the, the bootleg play you're talking about. Yeah, it was a little high. But Corey Davis, the player that he believes he is and the player that we've seen on film at certain times, believes he should have caught that pass versus the Patriots. So that's one interception that maybe Zach Wilson well, no, doesn't No, I'm talking have. about Berrios last week against the Oh, Broncos, okay, the okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, second yeah, interception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Berrios should have caught yeah. that for sure. Um, but, yeah, the, the Corey Davis thing is uh, – I want to say it's alarming because, you know, it's early in the season and, and things happen. But, like you said, he only had four drops last year and um, three pivotal ones this past week versus the Denver Broncos, a couple versus the New England Patriots. 
hopefully they can get back on the same page. And because when you're a veteran guy, you know the the number one receiver on the team, you want the rookie quarterback to believe and you have faith in you and trust in you. And and as a rookie quarterback, you want to be able to have that veteran guy that you can be like, well, I'm going to go to him with the ball because I know he's coming down with it. So I know that's something they're going to work on this week. And um, it's all about continuity and, and the word that we brought up earlier, trust. You got to have trust that your playmakers are going to make plays for you. And the quarterback has to trust that the receivers are going to run the right routes and I'm going to throw the ball where it needs to be. How much does it hurt not having Jameson Crowder? I know Wilson's never played a regular season game with the guy before, yeah. but the Jets had a historically bad de- uh, offense last year. Crowder played 12 games. He had six touchdowns. He's still, for my money, people call me Homer. I don't care. He's still one of the better slot targets in the league. It's to me, one of the best slot receivers in the National Football League. And, and when you talk about Jameson Crowder, you talk about consistency, right? And what more could you want as a rookie quarterback to have to somebody – that is consistent like Jamison Crowder. Like year in, year out, no matter how bad the Jets' offense has been, he has been their leading receiver. He's a guy that even though he's smaller in stature in the red zone, he shows up big because he's so quick with those intermediate routes. He can get it in and out of cuts really quick that he puts defenders in, on their heel. So all he needs is a little separation. <laughs> I think there was a game, I want to say was it last year, when he caught a pass towards the sideline. It was the right sideline, and literally there was no space left for him to get out of bounds. And I don't know how he came up with it, but it was like this much amount of space that he kept his feet in bounds and literally reached all the way out and caught a, a pass from Sam Donald. That's the type of player Jamison Crowder is. And it's hurt that he hasn't been able to be in the office to build that continuity. Because you're facing a situation yeah. this week where Elijah Moore is a concussion this protocol. Might not even play. Exactly. So he might not play. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't know where the, he is on the injury front as you, far as you Crowder. Think is up this week? What, I think it just depends on if Crowder's healthy and can go. The only thing is you never know what a groin. Like those groins linger. Groins and hamstring linger for two to three to four weeks. Yeah. It just depends because you don't want to rush those back because they usually just get hurt again and now you're out for a month. So, I mean, it just depends if, you know, Crowder is healthy. I think they both should be up, okay. honestly. I think there's nothing wrong with having a, a six foot two receiver that you can throw 50-50 jump balls to a guy that can scare defenses because of the speed, right? You have to keep a safety back there because this guy, even if you just use him in a Robbie Anderson role where you just run him on goals and posts, they have to respect that EA because with Zach Wilson's arm talent, he can throw the ball to a guy that's running that fast. And if you don't have a defensive guy back there, it's a touchdown. I'd love to see an early shot. And if the Jets ever could hook up on it, then you might be able to see this guy get comfortable yeah. because he hasn't been comfortable the last couple games. Before we flip to the other side of the ball, can we just talk about rookie quarterbacks on a whole? Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. taking one spot ahead of Zach Wilson. He is seven interceptions, seven interceptions so far two. through three games. Yeah. Mac Jones is completing everything. A lot of short passes. <laughs> last week against the New Orleans Don't Saints, the three interceptions <laughs> and a pick six. six yeah. Justin Fields got his – opportunity against a very good Cleveland Browns defense. Did he get an opportunity? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. um, (laughs) That resulted in, what, nine Nine sacks? sacks. Goodness gracious. So I'll tell you what, a lot of cold water been thrown in the face of not only Zach Wilson, but all the quarterbacks taken early. And, And this is the thing, right? People have been enamored with a guy like Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, but you gotta understand they're the exception. They're not the rule. Look at Peyton Manning. Look at Eli Manning. Struggled in their first year. Look at Josh Allen, the guy that, you know, I, I still don't believe in all the way, but he showed last year that he was an MVP caliber type player. 
when you put the right pieces around him and he gets the right coaching. He, the first two years, really struggled, and the people were ready to say he was a bust. But no, coaching matters, right? You have to develop these young kids, and it's a two- to four-year process to, for you can e- before you can even tell, sometimes even longer than that, before you can even tell if this guy's truly a franchise quarterback. I mean, you can even look at Ryan Tannehill. He's not, you know, a big, big name, but he's a guy that won comeback player of the year as soon as he got his opportunity with another team. Yep. So it's all about developing guys finding out what they like to do, and you highlight those attributes and build a scheme for them so they can succeed. All right, we're going to break down Jets-Titans momentarily. We're really going to jump into the matchup. But but defensively, so far through three games, we talk about them every week. Yeah, They're, they're giving you a chance out there. They're playing so hard. What has impressed you the most by this unit? I think what you just said, how hard they're playing, no matter what circumstance they're in. Like, how many times has there been sudden change? How many times have there been turnovers on downs where they've had a short field and they had to defend the field? Like, numerous times. Perfect example, even last week, right? <clears throat> Another turnover on downs. By the goal line, get a fumble and almost return it to the house for six, which would have been the only points the Jets had all day long. And you like, thought it should have been a it touchdown. Should, it <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. It should have been a touchdown. But, like, this defense, the fortitude and – and the grit and the fight and the competitiveness that this defense has showed. Uh, being a former defensive in here, it just I'm so proud of this group. Like They continue, no matter what the circumstance is, to go out there. And, and, and we'll talk to JFM later and we'll just get his perspective on things. But it's just great to see these guys going out there and compete because that was the question mark going into this, this season, right? The secondary was young. We don't know why didn't they bring in a vet guy. Shoot. They've, nobody's questioned the secondary throughout the first three weeks. These guys have competed their tail off. Also, Brandon Echols, that P.I. was nonsense. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there for you, brother. Stop tweeting stuff about that because they will find you in the NFL. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there for you, too. Just a vet giving you some knowledge. But that was not P.I. The guy turned his head around three times. Like, the back judge can't call that because you can't see what the, the offensive guy is doing right there. Mm-hmm. But I love that he still competed the rest of the game. He didn't let that get him down. And that's what I love about him, Michael Carter, um, Bryce Hall, uh, Javelin Geardry. These guys have short memories, and they have some fight about them. Like, they, they got dog and fight about them. And you Aren't can win that, games with that. Isn't this unit taking on the personality of their head coach and their defensive coordinator? A hundred percent. And – this is why Jet fans were so excited when they saw Robert Sala on the sideline for San Francisco. Like, the energy that he brings, like, the all gas, no breaks. Like, this defense is really taking on that mantra. And it's, it's not just the secondary, right? It's the linebackers. Look at C.J. Mosley, uh, Quincy Williams' has made play. Dale Sean Phillips, to me, has not gotten enough credit for what he's had to do coming from the practice squad and I believe finally getting elevated to, to the active roster where he's not bouncing back and forth each week. He's deserved to be on the active roster for the plays that he's made on the field when given the opportunity. You got to think about it. Week one, you know, Jared Davis is already hurt, then Sherwood gets hurt. He doesn't think he's – he probably didn't get any reps in practice that week. Goes out and leads the team in tackles and was, you know, a, you know very effective during the game. And then, you know, I love how Adrian Colbert has stepped up too. A guy that we brought in to practice squad and they've elevated him when Joyner got hurt. This guy is real familiar with this defense. So, there's been injuries galore all over the defensive <coughs> defensive front, the, deep, the linebackers, the secondary, but other guys have stepped up. The official Jets podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. You know, is it bad of me to wonder what this defense would look like with Carl Lawson? It's not It's I, not I mean, bad. Because, because 
I, I think people. Well, man, people, I can't wait till next year. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the this, thing. This year we're still locked in, but I'm just saying with him coming back with this front and, you know, I think JFM becomes a free agent, so we'll see what happens with that. I think they have to sign him back. But him, Carl Lawson, Sheldon Rankins for another year, Quentin Williams for another year, Foley for another like, year. How good be, is this interior? Is this interior as good as any interior in the NFL? I would have to say right now they're definitely – as far just as interior, yes. I would have to say it's a five top, top five group, hands down, yeah. because of not just what they do against the run, it's what they do in, in the pass rush game, right. like collapsing the pocket. There was a play, Quentin Williams' first sack this year. The Broncos run a, a fake play-action pass stretch to the left, right? So they pull the guard, they block down with the tackle. Quentin Williams gets off the ball, beats the center, and then Foley just manhandles the guard, so Teddy has nowhere to step up to. That's two guys in the middle literally gelling and working together pushing the pocket, and then Quentin Williams collects the sack. Like, the thing is, with, with this group, quarterbacks aren't going to be able to step into the pocket because of Sheldon Rankins. He's a guy that's a little different from Foley and Q, where he likes to get on the edge and use his speed. And we saw the, the John Franklin by your sack last week versus New England. That happened because of Sheldon Rankins getting up the well, field. Well, Rankins almost got one early in the game against the Broncos. Sh- that should have either been a sack I or, think so too, right? or uh, um, an intentional grounding play. Like, it's one or the other. Like yeah, you can't do it's that. It's not an incomplete pass. Like, where was he throwing that football? If, if, that, was, if that was Wilson who was held like that, they would have They, they would have either blown it or yeah. called it an intentional grounding. I agree with that. I agree <laughs> so, with that. So, I mean, I, I love how this, this front four has played with John Franklin Myers. And even Bryce Huff is starting to come into his own now. Um, but with Carl Lawson, like, integrated with this defensive line, it could be special. And another thing, as far as this season, where I think you might see continued improvement is the Jets have been solid against the run. Yeah. Jared Davis is good against the run. They're going to get He's him coming back, back in the lineup. He's coming back. Yeah. They could use him probably this week. So let's yeah. transition to yeah. this matchup. Titans, yeah. not too many surprises offensively, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to know what you're going to get. You're going to get downhill run, but the thing – that a lot of people don't talk about enough when it comes to the Tennessee Titans run game is, yes, they run the lead and the lead week. Yes, they run the power play just to keep people honest. But Derrick Henry does a lot of his damage on the outside mm-hmm. runs, right? And you wouldn't think that because he's such a big guy, but this guy can run. Like, you see it time and time again, like DBs, he's running away from them. Now, is part of that, you know, business decision or is it because he's that fast? I think it's a combination of both, right? Because if you're a DB at, you know, five foot ten. 180 pounds. Are you really trying to tackle somebody that's 250, 260? I'd be running but, for the same. <laughs> but the thing is, this guy has top-end speed, and we saw it this last week versus Indianapolis Coast. When he really had success, it was to the left side, to Taylor Lewan's side, and they were pulling the tight end around on stretch plays. So they were running outside zone, and then he gets to one-on-one matchups with safeties, one-on-one matchups with corner. They want to force that secondary to have to tackle, um, you know, King Henry, which, of course, is a smart idea, right, because – their running back is going to win that. And even linebackers can't tackle this guy one-on-one. We saw it on a screenplay. They fake screen to the right, go back to the left. There's one that comes off a black block, and, you know, King Henry just lowers his shoulder and, and knocks him back about five yards and then falls down. But that's the type of physicality Derrick Henry runs with. You know what you're going to get with the Tennessee Titans. They're going to run the ball effectively. And then Tannehill, off of that, will use play-action pass. He's going to take his shots to Julio Jones, who they're going to really try to get integrated into this offense with A.J. Brown being out with a hamstring. Yeah. And then you have to also be aware of Tannehill's legs. He really hurt the Colts last week with his legs. So who are the key figures on this Jets defense this week? Automatically, when you start talking about Henry wanting to get to the edge, I think about Shaq Lawson, who yeah. is a very good run defender, and yeah. I think of John Franklin Myers. 
but it goes beyond that. Who are who are you watching as far as making sure that Henry's turning things back inside to your strength? So it's it's going to come down to this young secondary, and they've been fearless in the run game. I, I've loved how Michael Carter has come up and support Bryce Hall, Brandon Eggles. Like they muddy it up in there, and it's going to be big this week because they're going to try to get them. They're going to crack, replace, and make them be the outside guy. So mm-hmm. they're going to have to turn everything back in. Or they're going to have to, you know, be big and be able to tackle Derrick Henry around his legs. You know, don't go high against this guy. We've seen what he's done numerous times with the stiff arm. He wants guys to try to hit him up high. Get around them ankles. Get around that that kneecap and bring the guy down um, because they want to run the ball to the outside. That way they get that matchup that they really want, King Henry versus, you know, the secondary. Give me some pass rush (laughs) responsibilities and roles when you have a mobile guy like Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if people remember this, but at AM, I believe receiver. he started out as a receiver. That's He's right. A, he was a receiver. Yeah. So this is a very mobile guy. And you see it a lot of times in the bootlegs. If things aren't there, he'll take off. He did it a couple of times versus the Indianapolis Colts last week. So <clears throat> pass rush lanes are very important. Now, he likes to escape to his right because he's right-handed. So whoever the left end is, you have to be cognizant of that, not to get – too high on your pass rush. Be able to fold back inside, right? But also, don't fold back inside too early where you're giving him the chance to run outside. So you don't want to overrun him, but you also don't want to come back inside too early. And if you make an inside move, you got to get vertical right away because this guy has speed and he can get to the edge and run. Like you said, was an X receiver. So this guy, he's got some giddy up. You to him. think comparable athleticism with the two quarterbacks? I mean, they got it's, different it's pretty, games. It's pretty comparable. Yeah. I would say Tannehill's probably a little bit faster okay. than Zach Wilson. Um, I would say Zach Wilson might have a little bit more shake and bake than Tannehill. Um, but yeah, they're they're very comparable as far as the mobility. Obviously, I believe Zach Wilson has a stronger arm than Tannehill. But Tannehill has been very serviceable since he's been with Tennessee. One comeback player of the year, knows where to go with the football, and he's not going to be risky with the football. The only thing the defense hasn't done, and they did create that fumble late in the game, what that just showed you the mentality and uh, the tenaciousness they yeah. play with. Uh, Quincy Williams getting his helmet yeah. on the ball, and you mentioned Delshawn Phillips coming up with the recovery. So far, just two takeaways. How can that number increase? Well, you got to catch the ball when it's given it to you. Like Brandon Echols had a chance, you know, in the game while it was early in the game to take the interception, and the ball kind of went through his hand. So, like, when you're given opportunities, and and Teddy Bridgewater doesn't give you many of those opportunities, I would say the Jets, besides week one with Sam Dottles, have played with Tannehill, three of probably the most conservative quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, okay. they're not going to take chances. Like, Teddy Bridgewater's not going to take chance and throw passes where he doesn't feel like it's either the receiver's going to catch it or it's going to be incomplete. Yeah, props to Teddy, like, by the way. Yeah, he, yeah. He's played phenomenal he's football. playing football. Mac Jones, we know, besides this past week, and actually that pick six, Johnny Smith should have caught it, hit him right in the hands. Okay. Tips and overthrows, you already know. Got to get, get those. those. Got to get those. So, Mac Jones is not going to take any chances. And, and the same thing with Tannehill. What they want to do – is they want to run the ball effectively, getting third and four, right? That way they have those quick little curl routes. They can get Julio behind the first um, set of linebackers on some in-breaking routes. Like, they want to be in third and manageable. They're not They're not, They're not. not sugarcoating it. You know what you're going to get with the Tennessee Titans. They're not going to come back and just air the football out. No, they're going to run the ball, use play-action pass, try to be in third and short and move the change. And if Tannehill doesn't see anything, he's going to take off with his legs. Not a lot of big names defensively for Mike Frabel and company, but you see a change in philosophy there yeah, where they're sure. playing a little bit more conservative in the back end. Yeah, for sure. So – we saw that how Tennessee played on defense last year, and that's not a Mike Vrabel type team. You know, this was a defensive guy, played a lot of years in New England, 
Yeah, he plays some tight end every once in a while, but this guy was bred on his defense. And last year they took a major step back, so they brought in some veteran guys. Bud Dupree, who I'm not sure is going to even play this week. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, a guy that's played a lot of good football for them. And we know what Kevin By- Byard is, one of the top safeties in all of football. So they've really tried to, you know, fix that defensive line. And, 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 you know, Harold Landry is a guy that they drafted, I believe, in the second round a few years ago. He's played really well for them. And they were hoping that Bud Dupree would be the other guy for, for them. But this, this Ola Adeyi kid, I just – I loved him coming out of Toledo. I believe he went undrafted to the Pittsburgh Steelers or either late in the draft to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I believe and he had a sack and a half last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, and should have had another one, but there was a penalty, so he should have had two and a half. Um, this guy has some juice about him, EA. Like, yeah. like uh, you know, they paid Bud Dupree a lot of money, but right now they're not missing him with this guy. And, of course, you'd like to have both of them back because the more rushes you have, the more you can substitute. But this, this kid has some funk off the edge, and he never really was able to get on the field in, in Pittsburgh because of Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt. Those guys rarely came off the field. And then they took Highsmith, you know, I think a few years later in the second or third round. So he was buried on the depth chart, but he seems like he's finally getting his shot in Tennessee. So just because Bud Dupree may or may not play, the offensive line has to be in tune to, to Adehi because this is a guy that can bring some juice off the edge. And also – Harold Landry is a guy that can bring juice off the end. And what they do is they play conservative in the back. They'll play quarter coverage. They'll play a lot of zone coverage on first and second down. But Vrabel will heat you up on third down. He will bring it's the kind blitz. kind of like the Jets philosophy with yeah. heating you up on third down. No question, right? So he's kind of like an Ulbrich. He'll heat you up on third down, go man coverage. And that's where Zach Wilson has to know where to go with the football because they had a lot of success of heating up the Colts on third down. Granted, Quentin Nelson ended up getting hurt and was out the game, so that hurts you a lot too on that aspect. But they heated up the Colts, and, and Carson Wentz was beat up in that game. Uh, Corey Davis, how much do you think this game is going to mean for him playing your former team? You've been in Yeah, I've in been that in that position. situation. So I remember <laughs> the year I left here and I went to Buffalo and played. We played week two, Thursday night football. Thursday the first. night football. I, I was so amped for that <laughs> game. So you have, to, you have to find a fine line, right? You want to be amped because you're playing your, your teammates and, you know, you're playing your old team and you want to let them know, yeah, you guys decided not to play me in free agency, but somebody else did. So, you know, I've taken that personal, but it's a fine line, right? You just have to – I know it's easier said than done, but you have to treat it like the next game because it is the next game. And you can't get personal out there. You know, the defensive backs know Corey Davis. They're probably going to be yapping and things like that. But he's got a lot of probably close friends on that team. Sure. So, it's going to mean a lot to him. And I know he wants to have a bounce-back game, but you just got to be careful when you're playing your old team. You got to – Find that happy medium. You know, be up, be hyped for the game, but also realize you have a job to do, and you can't let that emotion overtake you. Was that the color rush game? Uh, it was. You, uh, was that, we was had the all Christmas red, game. the Christmas yeah. game for that, sure. Yeah. All red. I never liked the Bills <laughs> uniforms all red. The, that all, all red was clean. Right. I ain't going to lie. You like all red, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, I love the Jets. Yeah. You know, I'm a homer, but I ain't, I didn't like our all green. It was kind of – it was like a – it was a weird, like – Green. I don't. I don't know. You like the Jets all blacks now? I like the all blacks. The only thing that they kind of look like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at first one. The, the old CFL <laughs> reference right yeah. there. Uh, real, real quick before we go, I wanted to get yeah. your thoughts around the league. Does Kansas City have a problem? They got the best player yeah. in the league. He's yeah. awesome and he's a threat to score a touchdown with every possession. But it seems like. They put so much on the shoulder. Well, they've had an issue since last year, right? They have to have. They need to find a number two receiver, right? And essentially, Travis Kelsey is their number one slash number two receiver. But we saw what Tampa Bay did, right? If you play two men and you bracket both of those guys, 
who's the third guy that's going to step up? And that's the issue they've been having. Like No Sammy Watkins this year. Exactly. And, and sometimes it's been, you know, Pringle has stepped up every once in a while, Robinson, but nobody consistently. And they wanted Hardman to be that guy, but obviously – he just hasn't, you know, developed as well as they want him to. So that's why they brought in a guy like Josh Gordon because they know what he's done in the past, what type of receiver he is, and maybe he can be that consistent number two guy they have. But until they find a number two guy, like Patrick Mahomes has been force-feeding, trying to force-feed Travis Kelsey and Tariq Hill. But when they're doubled, you know, and, and bracketed the whole game, it's hard to really force-feed him. And you saw it at the end of that game. He tried to, you know, throw like a, a moon ball pass to Travis Kelsey, sailed on him, and ended up – being an interception, that's how they lost the game. It's because I don't know if he doesn't trust the third or the second receiver, third receiver with Travis Kelsey right. out there. Um, and also, they can't stop anybody on defense. Like, right. They can't stop the run. It's that's been their biggest issue. Like stopping people on defense is kind of like um, um, the defensive uh, coordinator uh, Spagnola is like reverted back to when he was with the Giants and and the defense and how it was playing like towards the end of his career when he was when he came back the second time as a D corner and not the first time. They balled out the first time he was a D coordinator, but the second time when he was a D coordinator, they really struggled on defense. What do you make of the AFC uh, after three weeks? We're entering week four. Usually yeah. this is, you know, the first quarter mark, but it's not because you play 17 games. Yeah. You got Buffalo there in the AFC East right now. It seems like they, they might, might be have found something. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tennessee. Yeah. That, that's not not a great division. Yeah. Indianapolis is, is struggling big time. I think they're right going to run away with that division. They, you, think, <laughs> you got the Titans there, and the yeah. a AFC West is loaded right now. Loaded. With, Tennessee with, at the, I mean, uh, Tennessee at the bottom. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. right? So the thing is, and, and then we've the said north, it. you got Cleveland, yeah. who looks very balanced yeah. on both sides of the football. Baltimore gets a big win. Yeah. Pittsburgh is really struggling. Yeah, I've gone into the season. I said Pittsburgh was done, and people looked at me like, man, nah, you know, Ben's not. I was like, Father Time is undefeated, and then they've had some injuries here and there, and we knew that offensive line was going to be a patchwork because it was a whole new offensive line. That had been like their mainstay for so many years, but all those guys have gotten old and retired. So I knew they were going to struggle. Like, And then you lose your best player on defense, T.J. White. He'll be back, but not having him for a game is monumental, especially when Bud Dupree leaves. Melvin Ingram is who he is. He's a guy that's probably going to get you six to maybe eight sacks a year, but – you know, even their defensive tackles are getting up there in age. Yeah. You know, Hayward is getting up there in age. Tuitt's getting up there in age. Like, they lost Tyson Aluwalu, who's a real good player, up there in age. Like, this was like their last year. Well, technically last year was their last year when, you know, they were winning all these games. And, and I, I just said, I, I don't believe in it. I don't like the way they're winning these games. And you saw down the stretch what happened. And then ultimately in the playoffs, Cleveland, you know, took it to them, you know. So – we're going to hold you to this. Who are yeah. the top three teams in the conference right now? In the it's AFC, a, period. Yeah, just AFC, yeah. And this is a tough question. And it's, it is. It's, it's like, hard not to say oh, Kansas City, right? But, like, you can't say you can't right, say so them right sleep now. On it. You don't even have to take it. No, we're, I'm, we're I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it. That. I'm going to take it. Right, right now, no particular yeah, order. no particular order. You have to put the Raiders in there right okay. now. Like, not enough respect has been given to Derek Carr. And yeah. then this defense with Gus Bradley is a new defense totally. Like, yeah. We love what they've done on the edge. We know what, you know, Crosby is at end. And then when Yannick finally having somebody that can rush outside of him is big. And then, and even Carl Nasby is at the third end, like making pivotal plays. Like this defense has come a long way. And then getting KJ right right before the season was monumental. 
for this team. A guy that's only played in this defense his whole career with Seattle. Knows Gus Bradley, you know, personally was the defensive coordinator with him in Seattle. So that was monumental for them to get him. And then the young guys are starting to play well. You know, Abrams, they kind of finally made him into like a linebacker dime safety type guy where he can be more in a box. So you don't have him just covering people because so you, that's not his so strength. So you got Raiders. I got the Raiders. I would have to say Buffalo is in there. Okay. Uh, I was, I'm going to say that week one was an aberration from them. I think they might have just been feeling themselves in week yeah. one. They're playing, you know, top football. And then it's tough. I would It had to be a tie right now for me, three-way tie, Cleveland, Baltimore, and Chargers. Okay. All right. And uh, one final thing. And I know Denver's undefeated, but – I still – they yeah. have to show me yeah, more. I got you. Yeah. One, one final thing here is there's a cautionary tale. I said, hey, it's funny. We were talking about it before we came on. I said, hey, what can they do, the Jets, this week yeah. to make it a one-possession game in the fourth quarter? And you said, EA, they better not make it a one-possession <laughs> game in the fourth quarter because that's what the Titans <laughs> that's live the, on. That's what, the Tennessee, that's what the Tennessee wants for sure. That's their comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. And if we saw it in, in week two – versus the, the Seattle Seahawks. They were down by 14, and they kept running the ball. Like, they're not going to go outside of themselves. They, they, they are the Tennessee Titans. They feel like them running the ball is as good as a, a 9- or 10-yard pass because it is with Derrick Henry. Like, he can break runs for 10. He can break runs for 20. He can break runs for 70. So, like, them handing the ball off to him is just as good as a 15-yard pitch and catch. So they're never going to be outside of who they are. They know and are comfortable with who they are. They want to come out. They want to out-physic you. Out physical you now. The thing is, the defensive line, and I say this every week, they really have to be big this game because we saw what happened in them in week one. Like t- Taylor Lewan got took to the woodshed. You know, and ch- granted it was Chandler Jones, one of the best pass rushers in all the football, but it wasn't just him. The whole offensive line was getting taken to the woodshed, and I saw at times versus the Colts this past week, Taylor Lewan getting beat by, by Toure, getting beat by Muhammad. Um, DeForest Buckner was having some success in the inside. But the thing with when you have a quarterback like Tannehill, he's going to get rid of the ball. So he saves you a lot of time because what would be sacks end up being incompletions because he gets rid of the football. Let's get to John Franklin Myers. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Leger, you got to be pumped. We're bringing in a Jets defensive lineman right now. No question, man. My guy's been under the radar. He's been playing some really good football this year, so I'm excited to talk to him. John Franklin Myers, thank you so much for joining us. This morning on the official podcast. How you doing? Doing good, man. How are you guys? We are awesome. Good. Hey, JFM, can you take us in the meeting room on Monday? Because CJ Mosley talked about what Robert Sala did with you guys. Uh, from your perspective, what took place and how effective was that? Uh, I mean, just kind of showed us um, practice to the game and, you know, some of the small mistakes that we made. And we had a great week of practice last week. Um, Zach's best week of practice. I mean, and we all seen it. Um, we prepared great. Um, we were we prepared to win, and it just didn't happen. So we just got to execute the small details when it's time to actually do that um, when bullets are flying. JFM, let's talk about the defensive line. You know, you guys lose Carl Lawson early in the year, but you guys have still been gelling and playing at a high level. 
how do you guys feed off each other when you're out there on the field? Uh, I mean, I mean, we all understand the opportunity that we have, and, and we run. We the team goes as we go, and we understand that. Um, Carl does a great job of showing up to the meetings and putting us in great positions as far as Bryce, me, Shaq Lawson, and then Tim also um, as DN. So he does a good job preparing us for the week. He he breaks down the offensive line for us. He tells us what he used against these guys, um, and then just getting a chance to play with each other, playing with Sheldon and Q, Foley, Shep, like. These guys are great football players, and, you know, we all just feed off the energy. One person makes a play, and we all feel like we made that play. So just getting the opportunity to play with these guys, I think anybody can be hyped about that. How about Quinn Williams uh, getting a couple sacks, a uh, sack and a half against the Broncos? I think it was only a matter of time, but how much do you enjoy playing with him? And what are you seeing differently from him now in his third year after going through that offseason foot surgery? He said he lost bet. Put on a lot of muscle, and he's he's looks like he's ready to cause a lot of chaos up there. Without a doubt, and you kind of seen you know him knock off the rust each week, um, and then this is just a grand opportunity for him. Um, he took advantage of his opportunities, and, and he's a great football player. He worked hard. He put the work in despite the injury, and we all know what he can do. Um, and he finally got the chance to absolutely show it. So you know, I'm happy for him, a guy who I played with a lot last year. And, and who deserves everything that's coming to him. So, you know, I'm excited to play with him and Sheldon and Foley. I mean, again, we talk about some great football players, and I'm just blessed to be in this opportunity. All right, JFM, this 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 is a two-parter right here. One, has there been a friendly wager to see who's going to lead, the, you know, the D-line in sacks? Um, you can go ahead and answer that, and I'll, I'll have a follow-up question. Yeah. I wouldn't say a, a wager, you know, it's more so like we, we knew if Carl was here, Carl was going to get 100 sacks. Like that, that's just what it was. <laughs> so, I mean, now Carl's not here. So we're like, hey, who are, now, you know, me, Sheldon, you know, Q, like we're all talking about that. Like, look, man, I'm getting I'm getting the most sacks. And that's just what it is. So, you know, I tell him now, I'm like, hey, it's going to be me. It is. It has to be. Yeah, you know? that's and, the mindset. That's, that's the mindset. Yeah. So uh, my, my second question is talking about this defense. You guys have been in put in some some tough situations, uh, a lot of sudden changes backed up. But every week you guys seem to continue to fight, whether your back's up against the wall. Just talk about the mindset on defense that, you know, protect every blade of grass that's on the field between you and the goal line. And you guys being a young defense, you guys have kind of taken on that mantra, all gas, no breaks. So just explain, like, what is the defensive mindset when you guys go out there on that field? Oh, I mean, they don't score. And if they don't score, they don't win. And that's how we go about our business. And regardless of the situation or circumstance, you know, we have to go out there and we have to put a great product on the field. So that's what we do, you know, um, whether it be the starters or the backups or anybody who goes out there, we all have that same mentality as, you know, they don't score, they don't win. So, you know, obviously, you know, some of the short field positions and, and you know, turnover on downs and stuff like that, you know, that's part of football. And, you know, we understand what comes with having a young quarterback, a guy who's going to play some great football and his best times are ahead of him. So, you know, we embrace that and it's a great opportunity for us to just kind of show what kind of defense we are, and what kind of men we are. Um, so a great opportunity for us to continue to get better. JF, um, speaking about embracing opportunities, how about where you're at right now? Starting your fourth game coming up here against the Titans in a season. You had not started four games in your career, I think, prior to this year. How does it feel to be in this position considering everything you've been through? 
drafted by the Rams, get a sack of Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, obviously waived there, picked up from the Jets, and now you're a key contributor on this defense. Uh, I mean, it's a great opportunity, and, you know, I don't take it for granted. I understand that uh, these opportunities aren't promised. So each and every day I come to work, come to work to get better, come to work to see how I can help my teammates. And, you know, there's no hard feelings, you know, regardless of who's out there and who's playing and, and whatnot. You know, I'm out here to help my team get better and help us win games. So, you know, I'm looking, I, I'm, I appreciate the opportunity that, that's in front of me, and I definitely don't take it for granted. I know I got to show up to work and I got to do what I got to do, you know, keep making plays and help my teammates make plays and ultimately to win games. Now, JFM, you know, I played in the system with Salah in 2017 and I kind of, you kind of remind me a little bit of myself, a guy that played the big game, but can kick inside at the three technique. First question, do you feel like this was the system that was tailored for you and you've been waiting for? And do you like rushing more it in or inside of the three technique? Mm. Uh, I mean, I think this is a perfect system for me, if I'm being honest, you know, just yeah. kind of seeing some of the run stuff and getting a chance to play in space on first and second down, um, run or pass, you know, because I like rushing that end also. But on third downs, I'm definitely more comfortable inside after last year, being my first year playing inside. I just kind of, I found that it worked for me, obviously. And, you know, getting the opportunity to do that with this scheme is just, you know, I mean, it's a blessing. So. They do a good job putting guys in great positions, you know, um, running and pass. And, and again, shoot, I'm playing with these guys, so I got no choice but to make plays. All right, finally, let's talk about the matchup this week. Derrick Henry, what's it going to take for you guys not to totally take him off the board because he's going to get yards at times, but to contain him? Oh, I mean, without a doubt, he's a great runner, big back. Um, you know, you got to bring more than one person to tackle him, and we understand that. We understand, you know, we have to be on our best in, in the run game, which we don't treat this any different than any other running back. We played two great running backs last week and, and same mentality. So, I mean, that doesn't matter to me who we're playing, Derrick Henry or, or, you know, anybody. So, at the end of the day, we got to play our brand of football. We set violent edges. We knock people back. And then we don't give them a chance to start running. And, and that's just how we feel. That's what That's our plan. JFM, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you, my guy. Oh, thank you all for the opportunity. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Good stuff there from JFM, the official Jets podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport, bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen, LeJay Dusable will be back right here. Same time, same place next week. <laughs>